There we go. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Dare we, with no further ado, say the invoking words. <laughs> Welcome to Super Superstitious. The comedy podcast about the science behind the One, spooky. <laughs> I'm Jake. <laughs> and I'm Wyatt. <laughs> and we're experiencing a slight. We're having some te- technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jinx on my end. It was a Jinx on my end. Well, I, I might have, but I don't know. I can't tell what the delay is now. But uh, well, you know, with any luck, I'll just cut, I'll just uh, shift our tracks closer to each other in post, and no one will ever know. Just listen to me much more slowly. Okay. Anyway, this is a show where we talk f- about quickly. One of the two. Um, or we talk about strange things, sometimes spooky things, generally unexplained things, and try and explain them using science when we can. Bring some clarity. Bring some science. Exactly. Uh, we both have backgrounds in science and friendship, and um, that's pretty much it. If you don't know what this show is yet... Welcome to it. We've been doing it for a long time. Welcome to it. And today, the topic is weird bodies, <laughs> weird dead stuff. <laughs> Weird bodies. It could be about us, but no, weird dead bodies. Specifically, mystery (laughs) mystery corpses, I think. That's weird buddies. Oh, yes. Okay. Also, I like because of the weird... um, Yeah, mystery mystery corpses. Because of the weird video lag situation thing, um, you were talking and then instantly you had a mug of tea up to your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. Think of a ventriloquist. Uh, (laughs) Is it tea or coffee? It is tea. Oh. I should have given a classic Jake yes to that question, but um, I'm having some tea today. I I unintentionally weaned myself, have been weaning myself off of coffee. We Ooh. got a brand new coffee maker for our wedding a while back, and it is rather top tier. As I recall, before you had ants in your coffee every time you had uh, coffee, is that correct? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is... Uh, <laughs> That's some. That's a deep cut in the uh, shellhead household. Only the inside knows this story. But yes, we had a coffee maker. This is quite a tangent now, but in the spirit of a rambly podcast, coffee maker that was full of ants and also made shitty coffee. Formic acid probably did not help. Got rid of that one and went from basically brewing coffee in like a garbage bag to brewing coffee in like a spaceship. And so now it's so good, but also so strong. And that may be part of why it's so good. They're basically like, put an entire bag of coffee in four, two cups of coffee. <laughs> but it got your boy on the jitters. Mm. I've started cutting it with decaf. I've started drinking less. Uh, but now I'm having some tea because I did not have quite enough of my like 10% normal calf coffee this morning. And for longtime listeners who are horrified that we are not drinking beer, it should be noted that it is... Pretty early in the day that we're recording today. <laughs> we're officially busy enough that we have to do this at a boring time of day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyway, getting to the topic at hand, the Hrodop skull. Am I right? That's my thing. And I go first because I remember from last time. <laughs> okay. I'll have to just remember to pause and wait for your response. Sounds good. I feel like I'm just living faster than you over here. <laughs> but probably you feel the same way. That's how I always feel. Damn it, Jake. <laughs> so, the road up skull or the mysterious cranium of a real-life alien? <gasps> so, here's a bit from ancientcode.com, which is a site that chose to draft the word ancient in the font papyrus and the word code. 
in a font that looks like it should be on the side of a piece of technology. <laughs> so here we go. <clears throat> in the last couple of decades, people all around the world have found mysterious skeletons which do not resemble any known species on planet Earth. Therefore, these skulls are considered by many as alien, unlike anything Classic. anthropologists and other researchers are familiar with, ending on with. First period of the entire thing. This is the case of the mysterious Rhodope skull, a fascinating piece unlike any skull ever seen before on Earth. <laughs> wow. Got a little bit of a sideshow energy here. Step right up. The Rhodope skull was discovered in the Rhodope Mountains, located in Bulgaria, by a 38-year-old resident of Plovdiv. The finder of the skull, who preferred to remain anonymous, discovered the mysterious skull, saying the skull a lot, alongside a mysterious metallic object. Mm. Dimitar Kovachev, the director of the Paleontology Museum in Azenovgrad. Azenovgrad? Sure. Screw me, right? Is positive that the discovery is no fossil and has no analogy or resemblance to any hominid skull known to science. <laughs> the anomalous skull weighs only 250 grams. It has six mysterious cavities, which, according to UFO enthusiasts, could belong to the creature's sensory organs. According to the skull formation, this creature to which the skull belonged could have had up to six eyes, or another set of unknown organs. <laughs> Ooh. The most mysterious feature... Yeah, boy, gotta pay extra for those. The most mysterious feature of the Rhodope skull is that it lacks... A mouth. Hmm. Anthropologist Professor Yordan Yordanov believes that the skull doesn't look like any human cranium known to science for the past 30 million years. Jeez. Skeptics, on the other hand, believe that the Rhodope skull, but potentially 31 million, that the Rhodope skull is just another elaborated hoax or that it might have belonged to a species that remains unidentified, aka alien. The thing about discoveries like this is that given the numerous findings that have been fabricated around the world, it is hard to differentiate the real from the fake ones. While this could mm -hmm. certainly be just another item that was created by someone and buried on purpose, there is also a possibility that we are dealing with a real cranium of an alien being or the remains of an unknown, parentheses now extinct, species on the planet. Regrettably, just like with the other findings that have been made in the past, there is little information that can tell us more about the mysterious finding we were unable to find any scientific information relating to the skull let us know what you think this mysterious oh sorry <laughs> let us know what you think this mysterious cranium is and if you have more information that can help us find out more about its let us know <laughs> challenge accepted ancient code uh first to describe what the rhodope skull looks like for our listeners uh it's quite small only about the size of maybe like a cat skull, uh, this fragment. And the stated weight of 250 grams, that's like roughly a quarter of the weight of a human skull. I mm. looked up much to my uh, ghoulishness. Mm. As much as the photos of this can portray, it looks to be very believably actual bone. Overall, looks more or less like a small angular, maybe elongated sphere kind of, mm. you know, skull-like skull Bone, like you've ever seen bones, <laughs> looks a lot like those, uh, with several small openings in the front and a much smoother and flatter top. There is no evidence of any kind of jawbone, but the overall shape is again skull like. You can understand why people see it as such. Mm -hmm. Uh, the frontal holes and the flat top do evoke the sense of looking at a kind of bony but entirely strange face. So, with those details in mind. 
can I find more information that can help us find out more, as was requested? And can I see it? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jake, I, I dare say we may be back in sync here. Okay. One, two, three. Right, ready? Go. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, I didn't give you enough warning what I was going to do. I was going to do it again. Go. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, it's close enough for me. Oh, me likey dad. All, All right. right. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Very, very fun. <laughs> so here you go. Did I share the screen? It's, it just says, why shall I start screen sharing? <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. All right. So you can see it kind of looks like, uh, depending like a, on how you like look a, at it, it looks like what if you would tear out of a shy guy's head or something from Mario. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It is weird. As you said, it does have a lot of sort of structural characteristics to bone. It looks like it's kind of porous. It has different kind of cavities to it. But Fused it, um, plates of a type. Yeah, but it doesn't um, look viewed from three different angles. It does not look particularly identifiable in any way. In fact, I can't even really tell. Is the far right image meant to be the front? I think that's the booty and top side. Okay. And so the Excuse left me, image the is the anterior f- <laughs> <laughs> dorsal <laughs> side, right? Dorsal. Oh, yeah, I could have just read it. Frontal view, lateral view, dorsal posterior view. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. It is definitely weird. I guess. <laughs> I think we'll we'll definitely have a link to the image, and we'll let uh, listeners just kind of look at it and peruse. Because I um uh, my words are failing me. Fair enough. And it is in that kind of space that I think we can be seduced by suggestion. As so many may have been when Mm. people insist, well, this is a total and complete skull. What could this possibly have belonged to? My main feeling is that it looks like it is part of one. And so the part they're saying is the front to me looks like part of the inside of like a cross section. So we'll see where it goes. You are, you're quite, quite correct. (laughs) Great. Something that jumped out for me as well as what looks like kind of almost, uh, how would you say, like a hood at the top part. You can mm. see the sort of uh, honeycomb, spongy bone structure that is typically towards the center of a bone if you were to break a bone open. So anyway, yeah, it wouldn't just be on the outside, sure. It wouldn't just be on the old outside. Yeah, that's bad news for t- tissues and skin and all this kind of stuff, yes. which you typically want to have on a nice smooth surface. So anyway, it doesn't matter. This is a potentially real alien skull, or is it? <laughs> so can we find out more information? So for starters, despite being a full-fledged paleontologist when I was a child, I'm no longer any kind of major authority on old bones. <laughs> Thankfully, it turns out Donald Prothero, Alexei Bondarev, and Tim Callahan already did my homework for me back in 2016. Great. Tim Callahan is a writer for Skeptic Magazine, and Donald Prothero is a certified geologist, paleontologist, and prolific science writer. Hmm. And as far as I can tell, Alexei Bondarev is a real sassy bitch, uh, <laughs> as I think he actually did the work of writing the article I'm going to be pulling from. Um, Prothero and Callahan are just, they wrote a book together. Mm. And yeah, Alexei uh, suffers no foolishness, as you'll hear, when it comes to any <laughs> kind of proffering of BS paranormalia. Um, but really, Protheros is the most important name in this lineup. Uh, he has a specialization in mammalian paleontology and over 30 books, 300 scientific papers, and at least five geology textbooks to his name. A relatively safe bet that this man has some ability to assess bones real good. Nice. It also turns out that Prothero is one of us. Uh, Alongside his drier scientific publications, he has taken the time to scrutinize the paranormal and cryptozoological with books such as 
Abominable Science, The Origin mm. of Yeti, Nessie, and Other Cryptids, mm. uh, which sounds like a cool read. I've yet to read yeah. it myself. Uh, but I'd venture a guess that it strives to kind of protect us from oversubscribing to cryptozoological creatures as anything beyond fun mythology. Um, but I would also wager that he would probably be one of the first on the scene if some hard evidence, uh, let's say even just the bones of any one of these things were found. Mm-hmm. So obviously you don't bring your skeptical eye to anything if you don't kind of care about it in some way. So yeah. I'm sure he'd be jazzed if there were like gigantopithecus bones unearthed somewhere or something like this. So right. anyway. Not so surprising that uh, Prothero took some time out of his prestigious career to help punch up my homework. <laughs> um, and that's the article today. Bad anatomy. Do the mysterious Rhodope skull and Adigia skulls belong to aliens? And in this case, Adigia stands for, uh, did you know I'm talking about a few skulls today, Jake? <laughs> um, so they begin, to someone with biological training... One of the most irritating and frustrating aspects, again, here comes Alexi with the knives out, uh, of dealing with claims about strange and weird paranormal creatures is the widespread lack of knowledge about basic anatomy and biology. Nearly every hairless canine, whether a coyote or a feral dog, is immediately identified as a chupacabra. Simply because most people don't recognize an animal without its hair. Very true. Likewise, waterlogged, hairless, or partially decomposed bodies of raccoons and other mammals are treated as bizarre alien creatures because most people are not familiar with the process of bodily decay. Decomposed basking sharks and other marine creatures are the source of all sorts of sea monster myths. The list of cases goes on and on, saturating the internet with bogus claims. None of the authors of these sites ever consult anyone with the proper scientific training before jumping to paranormal conclusions. So, I will say, Alexi's being a little bit willfully naive here, because I think he's forgetting, or at least ignoring the fact, that paranormal stuff can make for pretty decent business for a lot of these sites, so obviously they're not going to spoil the show by disarming the premise of their whole reality (laughs) that they want to sell. add space around or whatever exactly gonna get more clicks with the sensational part of it not saying like oh mysterious sea monster that watches up is actually a dead shark yeah okay great you solved it i'm not really interested to read more done like come on man but point taken people could do more homework so he carries on uh in preparing an upcoming book about aliens and ufos prothero and callahan stumble across two particularly obvious examples of this kind of error often found in books and on websites that present odd objects as proof that aliens have visited Earth. Both cases are simple mistakes in anatomy by people who don't know the first thing about human and animal skulls. And in both cases, the mistakes and misinterpretations were spread all over the internet as proof of paranormal phenomena without anyone challenging them. And so here comes his Rhodope skull takedown, Merciless. As soon as anyone trained in animal anatomy or paleontology where you quickly learn to recognize animals from broken fragments, looks at the specimen, the answer is obvious. Before you say it, can I make a guess? Yes. Is it some sort of cetacean? Close. Okay. To cut right to it, it is a bovid. Okay. It is a bovine skull. So hmm. distant distant cousin, I guess-ish? Yeah, I was looking at where the Red Oak Mountains are. It's like, I don't know... Long ago, if there was like if the Mediterranean kind of made its way around those mountains or not, if there was <laughs> water there. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. Those vo- the volcanoes formed very rapidly. <laughs> Spiked a whale out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. I was just uh, yeah wondering if because whale and dolphin like skulls look so friggin' weird mm-hmm. normally when they are completely intact that uh, that could be also a source of 
deep confusion to someone who doesn't know what they're looking at. Very true. But to your, uh, you were almost closer off the jump, which is that you guessed it was a partial skull, mm. which you're correct. It is a partial skull of an animal with the facial region broken off. Mm-hmm. In most mammals, the facial skeleton and brain case are connected by several narrow pa- uh, apertures for the nerves. And some bones of a skull have internal cavities, including the familiar nasal and frontal sinuses. The facial skeleton is much less durable than the brain case and is often destroyed first by the forces of nature because the joints between the brain case and the facial skeleton are comparatively weak. Mm -hmm. Next, the brain case slowly disintegrates and eventually the skull roof collapses. In the course of the destruction, as the skull loses all facial bones and some of the bones of the brain case, the details of the internal structure are exposed. The quote-unquote eyes and other strange openings on the front of the rotob skull are therefore not eyes at all, but rather some of the exposed sinuses and cavities in the facial region, snout, and brain case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as I mentioned, uh, it's some kind of a bovid. There's if you If you know what to look for, there are small bony horn cores, which is a funny sounding thing, um, but basically some kind of cow. Um, and because it's so small, a calf. So gotcha. we can turn to the digi skulls. And again, let's just first paint a quick picture of these before Alexi uh, shreds <laughs> any glimmerings of mystery here. Uh, in this case, we're looking at more of a kind of bent weird peanut shape with what appear to be two very large eye sockets and two tiny nasal passages. Hmm. I would say this one's even more evocative. Let me show you yeah. what I'm talking about. Ooh, very interesting. I could see how someone, again, who does not know much about anatomy and stuff could see that and think, ooh, alien skull. From the side, it looks like it kind of has, no, from both angles, it looks like it has the kind of cartoon alien head shape. And then you could imagine on yeah. the, that right-hand picture that those are big eye sockets and then some nasal passages. But pretty sure that's not the case. I, it looks like you, something you could mistake for that. But if you think about actual bones in the world, it doesn't look like that's what that is at all. Exactly. Yeah. No, Jake, I agree with what you're failing to say. <laughs> finding the words for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is to say that to, at a glance... There is the very clear impression of a kind of face and a skull shape, but as you consider how this would attach to other parts of a body mm-hmm. or just even function biologically, right? Uh, on its own, uh, things start to break down pretty quick. It's all just pareidolia giving you the face impression. It's just pareidolia like overdrive, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's irresistible. Potentially even more irresistible when you have some story to go with it. So Alexei finds an example of a story about these skulls. Uh, Vladimir Malakov, this is this story, uh, said that two years ago, cavers had found two unusual skulls in a cave. Surprise, surprise. On the mountain Bolshoi Chach, guessing, which is about 50 miles southeast oh boy, of <laughs> Kamenomostsky. You knew you were going to be talking out loud for the podcast, right? (laughs) One of the two skulls is very unusual. Uh, Malakov says that the presence of the hole at the bottom of the skull where the spine attaches proves that this creature was walking upright on two legs. (laughs) It is also very unusual that the skull does not have a cranial vault as with humans. It also has no jaws. Again, I think when someone finds a skull and there's no jaws, that's a good giveaway. Unless you find out the bottom of the ocean, it's like, oh, it's a hagfish. <laughs> then you <Yeah>. probably... <laughs> there you go. Or a lamprey, I suppose. He- or a lamprey. Uh, the whole head is one fixed bony enclosure. The large eye sockets arch back, and then we have 
horn-like extensions. He has sent photos to paleontologists, but they could not explain it. So here comes Alexi. Well, if they really sent it to paleontologists, those scientists must not have had any familiarity with mammalian anatomy because it was apparent to both Bondarev and Prothero that the specimens were the badly waterborne and broken cranial regions of a hoofed animal, hmm. probably a goat. Oh. The impression of a vertical quote-unquote alien face arises because the skulls are being held at the wrong angle so that the internal structure and base of the skull are taken as a face. A curvature of the axis of the skull of goats adds to the effect. Judging from the photos, the shape of the features is characteristic for a wild Caucasian goat that lives in the region. Mm -hmm. As he sums up, the absurdity of these claims is highlighted by the fact that a certain degree of an anatomical sophistication isn't limited to scientists alone. Training in the graphic arts also entails some training in anatomy. When Callahan showed photos of the Rodope skull to an artist friend of his, his immediate response to the bizarre claims on the website was, oh, come on, that's a broken animal skull. <laughs> so there we go. Skulls that are weird, both specifically because they are incomplete and more generally because we humans tend to make assumptions about the information we receive about our world. It's easy to hear the vitriol Lexi brings in this article as punching down sort of beating up the folks who are duped by these types of paranormal posts for not having more anatomical education or maybe like a skeptical eye. But I think that's not his target. Right. Uh, I think Alexi might even agree that there is nothing wrong with believing in myths or folklore or just, you know, flights of fancy in general. Mm -hmm. I would say rather, as Jake and I often do, Alexi and Tim and Donald are punching laterally towards the more deserving chins of sites that are using papyrus and spaceship fonts back-to-back <laughs> -back in their logo, and that easily could just find more information that can help them find out more. Um, my two big take-homes today are, number one, often what is quote-unquote paranormal lies not in what we have to measure, but how we have been taught to understand it. Mm -hmm. So we all have the same information. It's just how do we interpret that information, and do we have enough you know, of a context to place it back in our world rather than reaching for something beyond it. And two, when you actually do have enough evidence to find the truer truth, but still choose to leave your audience exposed to an unforced error, you're basically just a liar. And that part is sucky. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a pretty good summation of how this stuff tends to go. I think a decent number of those points make their way into my segment as well. People like mysteries, people uh, who make money off of telling people about stuff like to they like sensations so if you can have some combination yeah. of those things then it's gonna definitely make its way out there in that form exactly and then a lot of people just want to believe stuff regardless of what any other evidence might show it's like yeah you look at those two things like oh those are weird but again especially with the rhodope skull my first thought was yeah oh that is the inside of something it's not the whole yeah. finished thing great that yeah i work in a natural history museum i've seen a lot of skulls I uh, <laughs> my okay. own skull is partial. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just people. I mean, a lot of people like hunt and stuff. Like people, people the different ways of having access to anatomical specimens, basically, to learn about things. And uh, also nowadays with the internet, even more so. There's just very like the whole world at your fingertips to learn about like oh what is like as you were talking earlier i was like after i made the joke about a hagfish skull I was like what the hell does a hagfish skull look like <laughs> very very strange it turns out same with uh, lampreys it's 
largely cartilaginous. Here, I can just screen share for you. I found oh, a thing. What or did I did world. I keep it? Huh? Oh, you found it already? Oh, lordy. Yeah, this is a lot of weird. I mean, it's they are kind of an early, early uh, form of of what uh, vertebrates started to do. Like as the, they're they're considered jawless fish. So like as as vertebrates started to evolve, jaws like movable jaws hadn't happened yet. And for some things that that same method of survival stayed good enough for them, so they continue to have those parts. And then eventually other things evolved, actual moving jaws, and that kind of spread a whole lot among different uh taxa this is some straight out of ridley scott shit right here yeah it looks uh it looks very very xenomorph-esque that is golly gosh <laughs> the hagfish's mouth is essentially a vagina with teeth yeah all right the end if you if you take nothing else home today <laughs> but no it's um yeah to, to go back to your point though it is uh we don't expect everyone in the world to be like experts in comparative anatomy. I certainly am not. I don't know the names of most parts of bodies. And I, I couldn't have told you like with that second slate showed me, I had no sense at all of what that could be from or what part of the body even it might be. I wasn't positive as even the skull part. But if you've seen enough just stuff in the world in your lifetime, if a thing looks different enough from that stuff, your first move should be not to just assume this is from outside of the world, but to instead ask the question, well, why does it look so different from everything I've ever seen before? Right. Scrutinize and explore. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking at hagfish pictures. <laughs> well, while you look at hagfish pictures, maybe it's a good time for me to fire up this machine we have next to us here. Let's do it. The NCAA device, and specifically its Ooh. pander function. There it goes. <laughs> we'll plug these cords into the backs of our skulls. Oh, skulls. Huh? That, there, there that is. <laughs> Um, and uh, this allows us to um, tap into the dark ether and calculate uh, what creature, cryptid, creepy crawly, monster, thing, each and every one of our Patreon patrons individually needs to look out for. Yes. So let's go. First, we're going to focus on Olivia, Olivia F. F. Of from Allen, Allen Texas. Texas. Olivia, watch out for... Tuyango. It's a carnivorous swamp bird, even though in the image it is on a savanna type yep. biome. Many different names from many different tribes in Argentina, but I suppose you can refer to it simply as Tuyango, uh, which are said to easily, uh, excuse me, easily, just kidding, <laughs> easily kill people. Uh, it's essentially a terror bird. Also called a cannibal bird, which I suppose is quick and easy math. Which is funny because people use the word cannibal to describe uh, when things eat humans, but it means to eat others of the same species. Your own kind, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> I think they would forego cannibalism if you were in their neck of the woods. Yes. So I would avoid that. Definitely. And uh, their neck of the woods is apparently mostly Argentina. Yes, um, indeed. Let's look at this picture a little closer. Very unclear what's a- happening to this saber-toothed cat. It seems to have some kind of terrible spinal injury. Uh, I don't understand what's happening with his hind legs. It is the upside down. cat is going for a kind of corkscrew maneuver. Yes. Here we go. Ah, These here. are just, this is just good old-fashioned true biology right here. Excuse me. Go. I mean, <laughs> other monsters that were once alive. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, this is a really cool group. All from Argentina. Different uh, lengths of time ago from as recently as two and a half million years ago to uh, up to 29 million years ago 
and uh, the most recent does seem the most like the Tiango. Oops, I clicked away. I mean, I, uh, the machine made an error. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, big ol' bad boys, but more importantly, those things are biological and extinct. Yes. And this is a cryptid that possible explanations is that it's a descendant of these terror birds I was just talking about. Basically, if you see a big-ass bird that is running at you on two legs and um, has like a foot-long beak, <laughs> go the other way. Yeah, watch out for Avoid that. Avoid it. And yeah, that's probably you know? true for most of our listeners, too, but especially you, Olivia. And thank yeah. you so much for supporting us on We really, Patreon. really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Now we're going to turn our attention to... Caitlin, Caitlin H. H of, of Canton, Canton Georgia. Georgia. Caitlin, who is an archaeologist. Oh my! You need you to look, look out for, for sea, beast, sea beast, also known as troglodyte, which is, and this is what the machine is telling us, a Canadian American 2009 horror slash sci-fi channel movie starring Maria McDonald, Daniel Whistler, Brandon J. McLaren, and. And Corin Nemec. Which are names you probably should keep in mind as they will have the most understanding of how to, I suppose, either avoid or be killed by this creature. Uh, this was released to DVD on June <sighs> 30th, 2009. It is the 16th film of the Maneater series. 16th of, I believe, 155. <laughs> its main antagonist is the cryptid deep sea sea monster which i suppose is technically a sea beast yes cover is kind of a play on the jaws uh movie poster it has a giant like version of a deep sea fish the woman who is swimming obliviously to it is uh, instead of like the jaws one many feet uh, away from danger this she's already in its mouth and just doesn't know yes some things should stay in the deep it says that's right she has also i will mention the woman is swimming in such a way that seems to be rocketing out of the water so she is just swam up um with such <laughs> yes. velocity as to get all the way up almost to her belly button out of open water uh-huh potentially she knows she's you need to run away, but her face suggests she's having a nice day. Yeah, she's pretty okay with it. All this is to say that, uh, Caitlin, watch out for the movie Sea Beast from 2009, also known as Troglodyte. I know that this thing lays eggs, and it is not afraid to eat you alive. Yes. <laughs> and that you can be paralyzed by its saliva. This is just me quickly downloading across this stuff. I will say if you're able to overcome this creature, you may be inclined to start a career fishing we've gone on too long caitlin we appreciate your support so very much we do and we appreciate your uh as yet to occur uh appearance on this show oh nice very cool awesome well thank you guys uh if you yourself would like to right, right, right into the microphone if you would mind <laughs> thank you guys uh if you yourself would like to have your cryptid creature ghoulie monster uh sci-fi original um, identified for you to avoid. You can do so at any one of our amazing three tiers. Three tiers. On Patreon. Three tiers for Patreon. Hip, hip. <laughs> Please pay. <laughs> yeah. um, we wanted to match our offerings to each of the three wise kings who visited <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which are the Phantom of the Chicago, <laughs> Spring Heel Jack, and Ashtar Command. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure are the names 
from whatever that book was. <laughs> uh, and also, you get other things. You Include, get outtakes. You get, you get outtakes. Extended you get material. Discord access. A lot of cool stuff to look forward to. What do you have to lose except for, at minimum, $5 a month? And your blindness. For now, you shall see. $5 a month. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so we've just unplugged is what that goodbye was the episode is not over i'm going to begin for my segment with a translation of a russian newscast from august of 2015 oh bye it is so there are some areas that are definitely lacking in this translation because it is just google's handling of the uh like description of a youtube video um so i guess the quality is to be expected but uh, as far as I can tell, the caption in question is also only a partial transcript of the video. So Ooh. I've tried to add the missing pieces, or at the very least, some context, wherever possible. Um, but yeah, it begins with a news anchor introducing a little something. Oh boy. He says, quote, uh, An unknown little animal was discovered by a fisherman near Sosnovoborsk. People say it crawled into the man's mitten. And now public figures from an organization that studies incomprehensible phenomena wear something to various scientists in order to understand what it is and where it came from. What? So I tried breaking down the sentence uh, and looking at alternate translation suggestions, but all it wanted to give me was either wear something to various scientists or wear something to different scientists. So I was very confused. Then this was last night. I was mostly looking at this stuff. Then this morning I was like, Maybe I should look at that verb specifically and see if there are other translations. Right. It looks like in Russian, it can also translate to uh, to carry or to bring. Right. So I should right. say that people are bringing the unknown specimen to various scientists in order to figure out what it is. Ma- makes more sense. Way more yeah, sense, nice. yes. Yeah, this is not how I thought most of my research time was going to be spent. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the anchor's intro. He says, uh, today, Daria Sandikova also tried to solve this riddle with biologists. So this is his throw to the reporter covering the story. We then cut to some B-roll and a soundbite from a guy named Andre. Excitement. Andre says, quote, this box contains an unknown creature that was given to us. We call it Kesha. This is the working name. End quote. Kesha, like the uh, musical performer? Uh, the S is just an S, not a dollar sign. So I think unrelated. Ah, <laughs> Back to this is now the reporter chiming in. When Andre first saw this, he was extremely surprised, although he says he has seen everything in life. An unknown creature in a matchbox, according to this specialist in anomalous phenomena, was given to him by a woman named Tamara from Krasnoyarsk for, uh, to study. Quote, four years ago, my uncle found an incomprehensible creature on this river, says Tamara. They caught this something in the uh, Esolovka River near Sosnovoborsk. Uh, Tamara says she doesn't know how her relative managed to catch it. Either it crawled into the man's mittens by itself, or the fisherman accidentally scooped it out of the water with his boot. Only now he, away from sin, crushed the little animal. So this, wow. <laughs> this was baffling enough to me that I went ahead and dug into the auto-generated YouTube transcript. So the, everything I was translated was just from, like, in the description part of the video, which is a bunch of text um, in Russian. I put it into Google Translate. It's like, okay, this appears to be just a straight-up transcript of the video itself. As news right. articles sometimes will have like an article that is just a transcript of the news video. But this part, I was like, what the fuck? So I went into the, yeah, just the auto-generated YouTube closed captions and pulled out that transcript and then tried to translate that. And I uh, hoped I could just find something that made more sense, any sense at all in this case. Mm-hmm. The best I could find is, uh, quote, only now he placed the little animal away from sin. So again, a verb that was wrong in the translation. And I think this just means that he decided to store the weird little specimen out of harm's way. I see. That is how I'm taking it anyway. 
Uh, All right. I like it. So again, back to back to the report. At first, yep. at first, the public was on fire. They thought that Kesha was a mutant embryo of a chicken because, according to them, one of the poultry farms is located just near the place where it was found. Kesha has already been shown to dozens of specialists, but none of them, says Andre, a researcher of strange phenomena, could determine what it was. Quote, it does not look like a fish or a bird. The shape of the skull is strange. There is no beak or fins. Huh. Again, an alternate translation. I saw, I'll get to it later on, what other websites have said about this particular pull quote. Totally, totally different, um, different translation. A different one I got for that latter part of the quote was, uh, there are no fins on bats, which, ah. to be fair, is true. That's very true. Continuing the quote, uh, we compared the structure of the skeleton. There's a difference in the paw that it, that is the bends of the joints in the wrong direction. That is, in this way, you can exclude flying machines, too. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, help help me out. Why well, I, I think what he's actually saying is that the joints don't seem right for the remaining appendage on the thing to be like a wing or something. Um, right. In the video, uh, you see like um, he has like the thing, and then there's on his like desk some uh, x-rays of bats and stuff like that. Okay. It's going real... Uh What's his name there? Yep. Uh, today we arranged a meeting for researchers of strange phenomena with specialists from the Krasnoyarsk Institute of Biophysics. Biologist Egor Zadareev is skeptical about everything anomalous. Even on the phone, he said, the Sosnovaborsk find has origins in the animal world. So people were wanting to conclude that it was an alien or some other kind of something, right. uh, as with your stuff as well. Zadareev is just like, nah, it's definitely of earthly origin. But when he looked at the little animal with his own eyes, he said, quote, it's impossible to immediately determine what it is. Now, again, I did not intend to have so many goddamn interruptions in my own segment here, but the deeper I've tried to dig... Da Vinci. <laughs> deeper I've tried to dig into the story, the more evidence I've found that most of what the English-speaking world knows about this creature is based on a game of telephone and a total lack of follow-up. Yeah. No, big time. Like, I was originally... I had, I had gotten the... Uh, the transcript of the thing, I translated it clumsily, stuck it in my article that I was going to try and look into, like, oh, let's see if I can find people looking into actual ex actual explanations of what the thing is and take it from there. I was having trouble finding that. I was like, all right, well, in the meantime, let me just punch up this rough translation I made to make it make more sense. As I right. dug more, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, right. So then I was like, all right, I got to find, I got to figure out what's going on here. I just find some, like, context within there to try and figure out what's going on. That's when I started to realize that the like the the description that I had translated was not actually a one to one full transcript of the whole video. It's almost all of it verbatim, but seemingly only the parts spoken by the reporter and the anchor. Hmm. For some reason, it does not include all of the talking head portions of the news report. So there were no direct quotes from the people interviewed, just what the reporter said that they said. Wow, this is feeling very confusing, and I guess it's just a shit ton of telephone. This seems to be the basis that all the international publications used as their stepping off point. Just the per first part that I translated mm. rather than the actual faithful translation of the whole video. Uh -huh. A video which I have to stress is only three minutes long. <laughs> so if you have any kind of budget, <laughs> any access to like just, you know, what's the name of that website? You can just hire freelancers for whatever. Like you can just throw like say, Upwork. I guess there's a bunch of them now. Yeah. I don't know. Five oh Fiverr, I was thinking of. Is that one of them? Fiverr. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of like, you could you could find someone for real cheap to just like translate a three minute video into English. <laughs> but we didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My point in this little part here, this little aside here, is that everyone seemed to latch on to Zdarev saying, "quote It's impossible to determine what it is." Ah. Uh, here instead is his full quote. Once you add in the auto generated YouTube transcription and you know translated through Google Translate. 
He says, it's impossible to immediately determine what it is. It's very similar in principle to embryos. That is, it's some kind of terrestrial organism that either did not develop fully or there was some kind of defect that made it not viable. Uh-huh. You need to do a genetic analysis to, direct, to directly determine what kind of species it is in general. End quote. Right. Then, then it goes back to the reporter. Uh, she says, in any case, members of the public say they will get to the bottom of what kind of mutant this is and are already contacting Moscow geneticists to conduct tests. Darius oh. Nikova, Ivan Dorofeyev News. Then back to the anchor, who says, I will add, this is not the first time for such unusual finds in our area. For example, in 2011, the remains of an unknown creature were found in the forest by residents of the uh, Bogochansky district. In 2013, in the village of Svetla, people found a lair that they suggested might belong to the chupacabra, a mythical creature that attacks geese and chickens. End of broadcast. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, this, this is the basis of the story of Kesha, also known in at least one article online as the Kavasi creature, named after the river where it was found, Kavasi uh-huh. River. In, cool. Um, Do yeah. we have a picture? Uh, yes. So I was going to say, now is a good, as good a time as any to show you what the thing looks like. We want to see. Yes. And in fact, I'll, I think I'll share screens. So I can um, do a couple things. I want to show you just a picture, and then I'm going to scrub through parts of the video briefly, too, to also show you... Um, a couple other views of the thing as well. Ooh, exciting. Here's what it looks like. Ugh. Kind of weird. Oh God. Yeah, pretty mummified. Pretty small as well. This is all in centimeters. Wow. Quite a small thing. Much more compelling. Kind of looks like a tiny horse hoof and foot sticking off of, like, uh, the head of the horrifying baby from Eraserhead. Yeah, it looks a it lot looks like, like the that baby, baby from Eraserhead. Yeah, it really looks like you just have like one shoulder and arm and like the top part of its head and neck and stuff. Yeah, but anyway, so that's one view of the thing, and then here is the video. I'm gonna mute it so it's not super loud. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, so there's another view of it, like flipped over. You can see, it's, yeah, it's mummified, mummified something or other. Some of the cavities exposed. You can see like where its esophagus would be going down here. Right. Let's jump forward some. So here's the Andre guy. Here's his box with the thing Ugh, inside. What a creepy thing to carry around with you. <laughs> yeah, we'll just assume that he always has it on his person at all times. Oh, it's so uh, horrible. <laughs> I, I don't know where they are. They're just on a sidewalk somewhere just chatting. Um, Look at this guy. <laughs> and then it cuts to here's the river. Here is uh, Tamara, the woman who... Uh, Tamapa? <laughs> it's it's Cyrillic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Then here is I just talked about boots. Here's another view of it here. Gross. Uh, looking at the little food up close, just weird. Little it's suit, little yeah, kind of claws. Very strange. Yeah, wow. it's a weird mummified, small little something. It's very strange looking. It's and, like a real uh, dried up booger. <laughs> yeah, it is odd. And then uh, oh yeah, I'll just get this clip of him also flipping it over with some forceps so you can get both angles on it there's that of course i will link to this full video for everyone who wants to see it um and now we're in the lab with uh um the other biologist saying like you can't really tell exactly what it is but like it looks like an embryo of some kind maybe something that was aborted there's the bats if i was saying the bats a pretty Uh, good look actually yeah slightly look like the t-rex from the harryhausen claymation video (laughs) yes uh, and then just for final at the end here too, I have um, just when the anchor is talking about like, oh, other creatures have been found there too. Because here's like one of the chupacabra looks like some kind of like desiccated weasel situation. Right. <laughs> Classic and, desiccated weasel situation. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, the other one was this next one. Get there, my dude. 
there we go. Oh, um, dead cat. Yep. Possibly like a, a link or something. Yeah. So just the idea of, as you said in your thing, the, um, every dead carnivore is the chupacabra. <laughs> yes. So that okay. is that Very is what cool. the Kavasi creature Kesha uh, looks like. Any thoughts what you think it could be? I mean, kind of what I think has been brought up a few times now. Just some sort of small mammal that uh, maybe got half ate by a bat or, I mean, not a bat, <laughs> like an owl or something. Or maybe just died early in life and dried up and now we just have a little tiny chunk. Yeah, it could be like um, yeah, a, an infant version or something that was yeah. partly eaten. Or, um, as like that one guy was saying, it could have been like a spontaneously aborted, um, not viable fetus of some kind. So it just like right. it's partly Never formed embryo, like, not not fully developed and then when that's the case too look at embryos of a lot of different animals they all look really hard to distinguish like yeah, uh, it's really interesting right. seeing like a pig a chicken a human a crocodile or, like all at, at early stages all look kind of identical By their, yeah exactly yeah and then slowly yeah, start no, to differentiate as time goes on so it's like right. oh weird so if it's not fully developed it's way harder just visually to tell what it is right but yeah it's weird um also just for fun i did look briefly into the other sightings the anchor mentioned I tried to look up the actual story, but when I found this here, I'll link to it. This is just uh, the straight. This is the entire article quoted directly. The inhabitants of Bogachansky area finally got local. Finally got local chupacabra. Recall that a mysterious predator destroyed dozens of chickens, rabbits, and other small birds and animals. The carcasses finally. were the carcasses were visible teeth marks and blood of animals, as if drunk. As oh, wow. the local tour Yuri Bedarov, journalist at of the TV channel Yenisei. In the morning, he looked in the flock and found dead chickens. Then the man decided to explore the area and found the hole, which managed to escape and landed in the trap. Okay. Turned out to be. That she killed all the rabbits and chickens in the area, however, certain are not all. George George Rukoswif, who in July was destroyed 43 chicken, continued to look for the chupacabra. Quote, no one was caught. A hole somewhere caught and no chupacabra. I set the traps. Wait, he said. Translated and saying translated by Yandex dot translator. It's like wow. Try again, Yandex. <laughs> Gotta work on your algorithm, guys. <laughs> uh, anyway, people speculating wildly about unidentified animal carcasses is the natural order of things in the internet age. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. We don't actually know what this carcass is yet, do we? Uh, not yet. No. And I that was what I thought I was going to look up was. All right, here's the original article that talked about it, original news report, and then here is like some looking into what it actually turned out to be. Right. I did not actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give it away now, I did not find any upshot in the end of what it turned out to be. Uh, yeah, fair. But but it's uh, definitely some kind of mammal. Yep. There everyone goes. I yeah, mean, it's, it's like, yeah, it's very easy to get all stirred up, and it's fun too. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, sure. It's not like people want to be made a fool of they right. people want to be taken for a ride yeah so. like i covered the so-called montauk monster in episode 69 right uh, i did the androscoggin creature in episode 141 and probably other stuff too i don't know there's uh we've made a lot of episodes so <laughs> can't remember <Yeah>. everything <laughs> and uh anyway these stories tend to build primarily on our innate love of the unknown as you were just saying people right. really like that mystery part of it and the kind of fantasy wish fulfillment that comes with conspiratorial thinking a lot of just like liking to think something weird is going on. We're going to do a whole deep dive on the conspiracy part of things in a couple months. But for now, I want to just highlight the added hype that this particular way of thinking tends to add to stories like the one I have today. Uh, think back to the oh, Montauk yeah. monster, for example. It was found fairly close to the Department of Homeland Security's Plum Island Animal Disease Center. It was a secret of science place that involves animals. 
but you know there's going to be a whole bunch of weird experimental oh, mutants yeah. coming out of that place left and right. Irresistible. Yes. In the case of the Kavasi creature, we have an even older trope, uh, nuclear power. So ever since its invention, people have been wary of it and often have portrayed the wariness in sci-fi and horror media. Uh, Japan very, very understandably led the way with 1954's Godzilla, which is a big old walk-in metaphor for nuclear holocaust. Again, pretty understandable why that particular country might want to tell that story. Yeah, exactly. Radioactivity would be the de facto origin or explanation for decades of monsters and superheroes and more. Um, mutation has never been super well understood by Hollywood. Actually, you covered that pretty well in episode 81, the beginning oh, yeah. of our deep dive into um, like Hollywood monster stuff. Uh, nowadays, radiation has largely been replaced by experimental genetics as the Hollywood like go-to for monsters and stuff. Uh, but we haven't let go of our underlying cultural feelings about nuclear stuff in general. Right. So, like in this case, this particular area where the uh, the um, where Kesha was found is near um, the Leningrad nuclear power plant, uh, uh-huh. which is a big old power plant. Um, so here is a related quote from the Mysterious Universe article about the Kesha case, which unsurprisingly leans just so hard into the credulity and offers no explanations of any kind. Oh, lordy. What else would we expect from Mysterious Universe? Uh, they say, this, this, this is all just straight quotes from that article, locals are afraid it might be an alien or worse, a product of the Leningrad nuclear power plant, which is the main reason why Sosnovibor was built as a source of housing for plant workers. That's the city nearby where this is all taking place. Right. The plant was opened in 1975 and has had a history of spills and accidents. Three people were killed just a month after it opened when a cooling unit ruptured and released contaminated water. Fires broke out in 1976 and 1979, again releasing contaminated water. Other accidents occurred in 1990, 91, 2000, 2005, and 2009. See a pattern here? <laughs> the problems with the plant concerned both Russians and nearby Finns across the Gulf of Finland. Is this creature a, pro- uh, is this creature is a product of another accident? Is it an alien whose UFO may have crashed while monitoring the nuclear facility or trying to warn them of impending danger? Yes. Do you think they'll get answers? And that right there is actually the end of the entire article. Just Oh, leave you hanging. Yeah. Damn. Asking some very broad questions and saying, what do you think anyone's going to know? So thanks, Mysterious Universe. You never let us down. No, indeed. Yeah. And, and by never, oh, I mean man. always. Uh the article by good old MU encapsulates kind of the whole issue here pretty nicely. It's a weird partial corpse that was found by some folks in Russia. There's a nuclear power plant nearby. People make vague conclusions about mutations. But there's another half to the story as well. I hinted at it earlier. Uh, a weird partial corpse mm. was found by some folks in Russia in an area with a major nuclear power plant nearby. The story was just curious enough to be picked up by local news. And then international news outlets glommed on as well and seemingly did not try to get a better translation from anybody <laughs> or follow up in any way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So we see all the time with any kind of news story how outlets just see an article in one place and then regurgitate the exact same story on their own website. Right. And then link to the original one as a source, quote unquote. Right. Which exactly. is journalism, question mark. I know. Um, exactly. And then another, another outlet sees theirs. It's the same thing. And another. And it just keeps going on. But as I can tell, most of these publications were either all echoing an initial mistake from one article or else they were all making the exact same mistake. Uh, Rather than dig a little deeper, they seem to have either taken incorrect translations at face value or else just cherry-picked only the parts of the translation that did make sense and ignored the rest. Like the parts that were confusing, like, oh, whatever, let's just take these parts that do make sense. So, for example, I had a lot of trouble with the translation of Andre's quote about the anatomy of the creature. 
like mm. for my this is like no beak or fins or uh no fins on bats <laughs> depending on how i isolated the particular quote like it'll like google translate will try and change the grammar based on the context around it one i think i said ain't no fins for bats <laughs> i, uh, I like that one a lot title. but it seems like another translation apparently was that kesha had quote no neck and wings Huh. This particular pull quote is featured in almost every article I found about the damn thing. Like it's, it's. Oh, I'll, I'll link to a Daily Mail, a Daily Mail article that illustrates the problem pretty damn nicely. So like a lot of places are just saying, oh, it's some kind of creature that has no neck and it has wings. And it's like I don't, I don't know about that. Like yeah. when, so when I first started looking this thing up, before I even like started to pull on the thread of translation weirdness, or even had any inkling that there was any kind of thing there to pull me that direction. Uh, I was just like, I had the thing translated. I assumed it was fine. I was reading other articles. I just figured people had that, like, they're just fucking up the context of that quote. Right. Um, and possibly willfully to make it sound more mysterious. It seemed to me right. pretty likely that if those are, say, the correct nouns for that translation, instead of beak, fins, bats, whatever it might be, if it is meant to be neck and wings, that probably the correct translation should be not that the creature had no neck and had wings, but it had a neck and no wings. So it'd be yeah. just him describing how much of the specimen's body is intact and whether it makes sense to think it's a chicken like had just been said by people. Right. But it is, yeah, it does reveal just how much damage informationally can be done through, you know, even at the start, even just describing the thing that we're all going to try to assess. Right. You can, know, you can misportray it out of the gates and not for any fault of, you know, the original person. It's just simple mechanics that the translation isn't really useful and then people don't scrutinize it and then they pump it up and then before you know it it's like you know it was uh, a misinterpretation out of the gates mm-hmm. and by now it's blown out of proportion it's it's just wild how quick it happens um, and like you say like all these articles that cite sources quote unquote but they all point back to other you know equally tabloid saturated yep. like gobbledygook so if yeah. you're not careful it's very easy to uh get taken and it's especially funny because every single one of these stories have a big old picture of kesha right in it because that's the most important like the most interesting part is what it looks like right. and again we'll link to it but it's pretty like pretty evident when you're looking at it it has a neck it does not yeah. have wings yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. It's already <laughs> just like <laughs> just looking at the image they're providing contradicts that exact yes. quote that they are Flesh, like fleshlight like but not winged <laughs> right exactly so so yeah it's just funny that like all these and again we we talked about it in your segment too it isn't so much that they are just like dumb and don't understand stuff uh like it's more probably just that hey this is sensational and it's gonna drive traffic right. so let's just leave it as is but um exactly. i mean at least I only found at least one article that seemed to actually be trying to debunk it all. It was a Washington Post article that, uh, and it was just, it was annoying because it didn't actually offer anything to the conversation other than snark. In fact, uh, the yeah. title of the article was more or less verbatim, um, that creature in Kavasi isn't an alien, guys. Huh. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, all right, cool. And then just saying, basically, it's, the whole thing was about how it's kind of dumb to think that it'd be an alien. And they did reach out to the scientist uh, quoted at the end and he just expressed regret at having made the uh, quote that he did because people were pulling it fully out of context. Him, him saying oh, it's impossible to tell right away what it is. Cause like, yeah, if you, you hear the rest of his quote in the original news thing, he said, Oh, you can't tell right away. Just looking at it, what it is. 
it's you know it looks like it's these different things like he d- then elaborates right but then right. everyone's just taking the part where he just says well you can't tell looking at it, what it is so it's like people taking that as proof oh this biologist Ugh. says you can't tell and so he's like yeah i wish i hadn't even said those words at all because that's so painful <laughs> yeah. like oh man but it's just it's very funny that because uh, it was an opportunity because then then in the washington post thing they did not offer any alternative explanation they didn't even get into the part right. where that same scientist did say like pretty much the answer is like oh it looks like, like it's just check its genes guys like yeah it's not crazy i mean i think all the different articles say oh yeah we're waiting like for genetic testing to see what it is and then there never was any upshot there like i said right i found it especially funny any one article could have like yeah after after the thing has been that viral for a bit um you're not necessarily going to get a whole bunch of clicks by being the next article to tell the exact same story so i was surprised there wasn't at least one clear one wanting to be the one to get some new clicks by being how we are the ones who are like kind of solving the mystery like here's some like we did some due diligence and now we have an answer that that makes our story a little bit stand out from the rest right exactly so yeah that that aspect of it's pretty goofy because i would expect journalism to involve slightly more due diligence than just some asshole sitting on the couch the night before a record being confused by a translation and just like clicking around a little bit more <laughs> that's our job <laughs> exactly like i just the fact that i was i was just confused by what the translation was meant to be I was like, right I don't, what is he what is he saying there? i don't know what yeah, that you is you can't even then, get the basics out let alone yeah and start considering the phenomenon and then because that of just not understanding that and wanting to have that part be clearer as i read it I found like, oh, wait a minute. There's a whole bunch more stuff here that wasn't actually in that. Right, and no one else covered it. I was right. like, what the fuck? So <laughs> once again, a situation where I thought I had a pretty simple story. I was like, oh, this, people found a weird thing. And here's an explanation for the weird thing. And said, found like, oh, no, there's a whole like meta narrative of of the story Weirdness. being told incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a fun discovery on its own. I wasn't expecting to go that direction. And uh, right. I learned some things, including... Um, well, no Russian at all. I didn't learn any Russian, but like, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, fun, weird animal stuff. We'll definitely have pictures of uh, of both for everyone to look at and make your own conclusions about what you think you would have assumed if you first saw it and what you think it might be now. Yeah, I'd be very interested to hear folks' thoughts um, on that and the skulls too, because yeah. those are interesting in their own in their own way, I suppose. Definitely. Man, oh man, I would say there's but one more thing to do before we uh, depart this mortal coil. <laughs> God. <laughs> this is what we call the podcast, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> which is uh, to, uh, you know, bring up this funky little brewery in Western Massachusetts, famously incorporating everybody now big tank smoke monster amplifier, acoustics, body moisture, and yeast in time to make a particular brand of fermented freshman called beer. I got there. I got there. <laughs> He did. Four Phantoms. It's Four Phantoms time, everybody. These guys rip. They are in Greenfield. They've got great beer. They have some upcoming events. February 2nd, assuming this is out by then. Yeah, I think that's Thursday, right? Yeah. Today through Monday, February 13th. Wow. Looks like their timing is February 2nd from 4 a.m. to Monday, February 13th at 9 p.m. Ostensibly. I think there's a. Around the clock. <laughs> I think that first one might have been intended as a, a p.m., but we'll find um, out. We'll find out. They have partnered with Tavernier Chocolates in Brattleboro, Vermont, which Ooh. make very, very fun, top shelf, kind of artisanal, funky chocolate to create 
some lovely beer and chocolate pairings just in mm. time for the Greenfield Winter Carnival on Valentine's Day. Aww. They suggest they pair well with their Worship Doom Imperial Stout, which I have to say, over these past couple years, has truly keyed in. Uh, I will I will cop to being just fine with Worship Doom originally, and I now certifiably love it. And mm. Tormentor Black Birch Doppelbach, which God, I still I have one. to try. Yep. They say to bring... Bring your bring your partner, bring your person. <laughs> bring in your bestie or boo. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to break away from whatever's on the page. <laughs> yeah, fuck your copy, Drew. It's <laughs> right. You need to add more uhs, ums, and then weirder things than you wrote. <laughs> and pauses, definitely, for thinking. Yes, because the whole point is that this takes forever. <laughs> There's also a Greenfield Winter Carnival, February 3rd, 3 p.m. to... Uh, oh, my God. These time frames... Seems like it's on for 48 hours <laughs> from 3 p.m. Uh, Friday, February 3rd to 8 p.m. Sun- I guess those are start times, aren't they? Yes, I think that's just like... Well, the dash makes it confusing. It's, like, oh, it's 3 p.m. on that day and then Sunday, but yeah, Sunday at 8. Uh- <laughs> and then Saturday at some point. Um, participating in Greenfield Winter Carnival this year. Excited to be part of that tradition. So there'll be there. Dark Hearts Market. February 5th. You mentioned Dark Hearts last time, too. That's pretty neat. That's going to be a, a vegan pizza going to be there. That's going to be some cool local artists, things like that, local vendors. Check it out. That's a few days after this episode comes out. A book club that same day, Sunday the 5th. Uh, the Monday Night D&D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. February's packed. They got something almost every day. Yeah. And uh, more frequently than we have episodes coming out. So, you know, I definitely yeah. recommend checking out their events calendar on the old website and of course checking out the brewery itself yes indeed and if you can't get there at least buy their beer and or just uh hold them in your hearts for phantoms thank you guys so much we love you yes and, and uh thank you for listening as well we thank love you, so you much also and also with you yes <laughs> and uh couldn't do the show without people listening to it it'd be weird if we did uh, thanks so much for having us in your ears for an hour or more. And, uh, you know, if you really want to show us some love, you can rate or review the show. Both would be ideal. Better still, spread the word to other folks who you think might like the show. Even if you don't think they would, just tell them and then see if they do. Maybe they will. Who knows? Exactly. Um, we'll be back in a couple more weeks with something else. Yes. The topic will be a little closer to home. Oh. Uh, Say no more. And we look forward to seeing you then. Bye. Bye.